Hello and welcome to Mashley at the Movies. I am Matt. I'm Ashley. I'm Sean. We are back with a special episode of Mashley at the Movies. It's 12 Days of Christmas, where every day leading up to Christmas, we discuss a, a Christmas movie or a movie that takes place around Christmas or has Christmassy things happening in it. <laughs> um, and, uh, well, I want to say welcome back, Sean. I appreciate you doing this hey, with us. Hey, thanks, guys. I really enjoy being here. Yeah, yeah. Um, so today's film is a... 1974 horror Christmas classic called Black Christmas. Ashley's going to tell us about it. Yes, yeah, so like you said, this came out in 1974. It's directed by Bob Clark, who directed another Christmas classic called A Christmas Story. And Porky's. And Porky's. Um, another Christmas classic. <laughs> <laughs> um, this movie is very different than A Christmas Story. This is um, a horror film. It's considered to be one of the first slasher movies, maybe. It came out the same year as... Um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, this one, it's a very simple, you know, kind of slasher plot. It, this is set in a sorority um, during Christmas break. Um, there are sorority girls who are kind of terrorized first by um, some very disturbing phone calls. And then one by one, they start getting picked off by someone who has found his way into the house. Um, what did you think about it, Sean? Um, well, it's funny, kind of, as a precursor, um, I'm always kind of on these podcasts, like, insufferably presenting myself as, like, a horror <laughs> aficionado, but I had not seen this movie. Um, I had heard, over the years, I've always, you know, I'd heard about it, so I was aware of its, um, mm-hmm. kind of place in the mythos of, uh, horror filmography. Um, so I was pretty curious to take a look at it. I'm a fan of Bob Clark's work in general, so, um, I mean, I... My initial thoughts were it was pretty interesting. I, I enjoyed the um, the opening point of view kind of um, the setting was cool, but then also like the point of view of the character like kind of creeping up to the sorority house and um, like that's kind of a classic uh, classic shot cinematography that's been stolen several times <laughs> since. Um, so I thought that that it started out really well. I thought okay, I can see where this is going. This director's obviously got talent. It's not just some hack making an exploitation film. But the next 30 minutes kind of threw me off, i got to be honest with you. Um, after that, I feel like after the killer kind of got settled in the household, <laughs> things kind of started going a little bonkers. Uh, like I was, you've got Margot Kidder walking around with, with not only a glass of bourbon, but a bottle of bourbon, a cigarette, and like she's a Dean Martin. She was, seriously was like, I was like, she's like, and she was telling dirty jokes, like, fellatio jokes, sex jokes to children. Yes. Um, she was perpetually boozed up. I'm like, what is what is going on here? Um, Andrea Martin from SCTV is in it. I'm a big SCTV fan. That threw me off completely. Um, we had discussed beforehand where Matt did air quotes sorority girls because they all they all seem like uh, they're they're all at least past uh, their mid twenties. It seems like so things. I found myself looking at, at my watch at about the 30-minute mark and thought, wow, 30 minutes have gone by, and Margot Kidder's told some dirty jokes and drank a lot of those. Not a lot else has happened, so I'll bounce it back to you guys. Yeah, well, well there's an early scene, you know, where they're having a party at the sorority house, you know, during winter break, and, and yeah, like, they're, Margot Kidder, to me, has always looked perpetually, like, 30 years old. And, Great point. Yeah, and there's a guy there who I guess is... You never see him after this first scene, but I guess he's supposed to be a boyfriend or something. Was he like the Gene Chalet looking guy? Yes, <laughs> yes, that guy. He looked, he looked, he looked damn near fifty. And yeah, I, 
again, I'm like, okay, so these are these are quote unquote college students. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost it's almost worse than Greece, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I actually. So I've seen this movie twice now, and actually, uh, I had never even heard of it. So Ashley told me about it, and we watched it a while back, and um, I was left a little cold. It didn't quite work for me, but. Um, in preparation to do this podcast, mm-hmm. um, we watched it again, and I really it gelled for me a lot more this time. Mm-hmm. It, um, it's it. I don't know why exactly, but it just did. And uh, one of the things I like about it is the the setting. I think that the sorority house. I mean, the set design there is really good. It feels you know lived in. It's both it, it it's cozy and almost terrifying because you know there's this killer, right, Billy? Yep. Hanging out in there, and sometimes you don't. I mean, he spends some time in the attic, but other times you're not quite sure where he is. So, I mean, there's this you know, quite a bit of suspense mm-hmm. accompanied, accompanying this house, yeah. Um, but it's also, it's you know, it's cozy and it's decorated for Christmas, and mm-hmm. it's got that old 70s brown wood, you know, and you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I have a long history with this movie. Um, this movie was kind of edited and repackaged under the title of um, Stranger in the House. And it was shown on network television. And I saw it. And I, I don't know when. I think maybe I was five or six years old. And at that time, it was very disturbing to me mm-hmm. and has, has stayed with me for, for many decades. And it was many decades and later that I put two and two together and realized that that movie was Black Christmas and... Because I had actually been looking for it. I wanted Mm. to see it again because it had made such an impact on me. Particularly one image, the image of the girl in the attic, the dead girl in the attic with her head wrapped in plastic Mm -hmm. in a rocking chair. I mean, that haunted my my nightmares for for decades. Um, So I have a a connection to this movie. Um, I kind of like... Well, you know, I like the actors in the movie. Mm -hmm. They they are... (laughs) They are a little weird. Um, Margot Kidder, I just, you know, I just love her. And her character is, I think, kind of amusing. Yeah, she doesn't seem to be a sorority girl, really. But um, I I find her to be interesting. Olivia Hussey is kind of the main character. Um, And she's, she's good. She has an interesting subplot where she announces during the movie that she's pregnant and going to have an abortion um, mm-hmm. so it's kind of a very kind of weighty topic to just kind of throw into a, a traditional you know horror film mm-hmm. um, but I think too that it the movie is kind of playing with the idea of Christmas and this is black Christmas so rather than a you know a miraculous birth that we're celebrating where she's going to have an abortion mm-hmm. so I, I feel like there's several times in the movie where it's purposefully um playing with the Christmas concepts and making them kind of dark and sinister. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. Um, I know after the 30 minute mark, I, you know, I kind of, I joke and, and I've kind of made light of like kind of playfully like poking fun at the movie, but I will say that it it was interesting enough to keep my attention the entire time. And it's interesting enough for me to have thought about, you know, for days after seeing it, um, you know, particularly, like I said, it had been a, it's been afforded a quote unquote classic status. So, you know, I was, you know, playing over and over like why why that is. But again, I'll kind of go back to I think the filmmakers knew what they were doing. I mean, they were talented. Bob Clark's a 
competent filmmaker. Um, there was a lot of weird of weirdness in the movie, and I'd almost not call it a slasher film in mm-hmm. the traditional sense of even Halloween was more of a slasher film. And this is almost like a giallo, like you know, there's like a like an Italian brand of horror that's really more mystery than than straight horror film, and it's almost mm-hmm. I'd almost give the the giallo status. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right to this mm-hmm. film though, and I know there's a couple of killings in the movie that seem Italian influenced. Um, so there's a lot to like about it. I know particularly, um, I came back around at the ending. I, I was surprised at the kind of the nerve of the filmmaker in 74 to leave the ending as, you know, ambiguous as it is. And mm-hmm. you, you know, I'm not going to, I won't spoil anything, but you know, it's, um, it's kind of a grim note to wrap up on. And so there, there were a lot of things to like about the movie. There were some particular shots that I thought I liked. Billy's eye through the door crack was was one that I've seen. It's kind of iconic. I've seen it that image in lots of um, film clips over the years. Just the kind of starkness of it. So there was a lot of um, a lot of it that I liked, and its influence that you can see on on modern horror. I just think Texas Chainsaw Massacre was released the same exact day. So so the internet tells me, <laughs> um, and Halloween was directly influenced by it. And I think one of my initial problems, not problems with the movie, but one of my initial takes was both of those movies are far more horrific and succeed, you know, for me at, at a much higher level than this did. Mm-hmm. And that may be what colored my first viewing of this. So I, I'll probably watch this again over this holiday season, to be honest with you, just because I want I want to take it in again. I, yeah. I think there's a lot that I probably didn't get. So it's not that I didn't like it. I just, you know, when you look back on certain things and, the imagery of her youth, like you mentioned, I can I can just as a kid, if I would have seen that the attic scenes with her, I, I you can see how that would be burned in your mind. And when you're a kid, something like that, you say, I mean, it'll stay with you for life. You'll never forget, you know, right. yeah. those types of images. So right. it's an interesting movie. Yeah, and I said earlier, you know, I liked it better certainly on the second viewing. Although I will say there are things that work for me with it, and then there's things that don't. Mm-hmm. I mean. I always like Margot Kidder, and I like her in this movie, even as Dean Martin up as she is. You know? <laughs> um, although I will say, I mean, they I, they don't do enough with her character. Yeah, um, Olivia Hussey is good in this, but I don't know if I like what they do with her character. Um, her, her the the relationship we, she has with Kier Delay's character is, I think, a weaker part of this film. Mm-hmm because and in my initial thought was because I thought Kier Delay was like overdoing it and and whatever because he goes a little crazy in this movie yeah but the more I think about it the more I feel like those characters are in the wrong film I mean this is a a cheapish and I'll, and I'll say that meanly this is a cheapish Christmas slasher movie mm-hmm. um set at a sorority house with theoretically college students right yeah <laughs> but you know, Olivia Hussey's and, and Keir DeLay's character, I mean, and, and I'm not saying that, obviously, I mean, there's there's people in college who get pregnant all the time. So I'm not saying that is out of place, but they have very, I feel like a very almost adult conversation. Absolutely. And, yeah. and then he even talks to her about like, you know, I, I'm, I'm quitting this and yeah. we're just going to go away together. We're going to, and I'm like, I don't know, I feel like they're in their like late 20s or 30s or something, you know? Yeah, I had the same reaction um, during some of their more heavy scenes, and there's several of them that I thought, this is a conversation that people in their late 20s have. Like, this yeah. isn't, you know, that's, a, that's an astute point, because I thought the same thing. I'm, I thought, wow, he, you know, they were, 
speaking very um, non-college language. Yes. You know, so I, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, I, uh, yeah, I, I was going to bring it back to some of the, <laughs> the opening, the opening obscene phone call is a Oh yeah, yeah. Something I can't get past in the movie. It's a little strong. It's a very strong for 1974. <laughs> so if you have kids in the room, I'd send them away. But it's, um, it's strong for now. I yeah, know. it's it is. It's I was I, I was surprised that I was actually like thinking, wow, that's powerful. Like, yeah. You know, the, I mean, these calls are terrifying. They are, and yeah, yeah they're the uh, way that they're the way he Billy talks and what he says. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I do like. You know, Sonny mentioned Andrea Martin earlier at SCTV and everything. Yeah. I mean, I, I've always liked Andrea Martin, and she's, for what she's given, she's good in this. <laughs> yeah. Um, and John Saxon is in this, and, you know, he's got some horror ties to, you know, the Nightmare on Elm Street uh, movies, and he plays, you know, a police lieutenant. So, um, yeah, I, I like that. And um, I just, I thought, you know, I think you bring up a good point about... Um, is it Olivia Hussey? What is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Her and and Kier. <laughs> it's funny because like if you if you watch the movie, there Margot Kidder is Margot Kidder's the strongest performance by I think the strongest like college. They're almost like secondary, but they're the leads. And I, I don't know. <laughs> when you yeah, I guess it you know when she's she's so out front and boozy the entire movie. But I like I said, I hadn't seen it, and I came into this thinking Mar- Margot. I think they kind of. Bill her after the fact as one of the lead actors and actresses because she's Margot Kidder. But, you know, at, at some point during the movie when it shifted for me and I, I'm like, wait, she's not the lead. So, so um, full disclosure, this is the second time we're recording this podcast because the first time didn't take. Um, but in the first time we did this, Sean, you said something uh, I wanted to go back to about you were comparing this to Halloween. Yeah. And how I think you said, like, there's not a, a wasted frame in Halloween. Yeah. But this movie you felt sort of padded. Maybe you didn't well, use that word, but... I, I, I looked at my watch a few times, and there's nothing... I just I looked at my watch just out of curiosity to see how much time it elapsed before much had happened. And it was 30 minutes, and not that 30 minutes is a long time, but then I hit it again at about 42, and it takes its time, but Halloween opens with a bang, and it really... I, I've rewatched Halloween in the last couple of months just because somebody mentioned that it's like a punk rock song. It, do, it starts and it doesn't, and it really yeah. does. It starts with a bang and, yeah. and this movie is, is much more leisurely. There's nothing wrong with that, but that's why I say it's almost more like, a, it's a much, much more like a 70s mystery than, yeah. than the slasher boom that it influenced. I mean, because you're trying to figure out who is Billy? Is Billy just Billy? Yeah. Or is he somebody that we've seen? Exactly. Um, but <laughs> the reason I asked, I've asked you to bring that up about, you know, the, the pacing, I guess, of this movie yeah. is... Um, and I'm ultimately okay with it. Although I will say I'm better with it the second time around. Mm-hmm. I think the first time around, the pacing was maybe something that put me off. But um, it does kind of, you know, it, it is really in its bones. It's a horror movie. But it's taking place during Christmas break at a, at a, at a college, right? Mm-hmm. And so they do... T- like Sometimes I feel like they throw things in because, oh, yeah, that's right, it's Christmas. So, for example, like there's a scene where carolers come to the door. Yeah. <laughs> and really that scene serves no purpose, right? Mm-hmm. It's just, oh, oh, that's right, it's Christmas, so let's, let's bring some carolers to the yeah. door. And, and, and it's fine, and it's cute, but... Yeah. Yeah. It, well, not that, that this is a bad thing, but I thought... I was a little jarred by the, the, the little... Very minor subplot of like the kid that was killed in the park. I mean, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that like obviously that you know you're like all right like that 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 
verifies even further that Billy is, you know, a dangerous maniac, as if, like, the first few kills of the movie didn't do that. <laughs> but, but I thought that was kind of like, okay, there was a kid killed, there was a kid missing, and yeah. then, oh, the kid's dead, and I thought that was a little... I think Bob Clark took some advice from some studio execs, and I think Bob Clark, like, padded it with more comedy, and not that any of that's bad or, or good, so so to speak, but it just... The tone is a little uneven for me throughout the film, I I think. Yeah, yeah, I'll admit that that's that's true. There's definitely some minutes that could be um, edited from this movie, but I I, I like the yeah. how about when the uh, John Saxon and his little uh, lieutenant there at the police station are laughing for about five minutes yeah. about Margot Kidder's fellatio jokes like Jimmy Christmas can we get this scene over with <laughs> you remember like the, he's just like laughing yes. like a buffoon for two straight minutes and John Saxon's like. Oh, hush up, you, you know, fellatio, <laughs> that's funny stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It, they it, make the one cop, yeah, like a Keystone cop. Yeah, it. there's a buffoon cop yeah, there's here a who doesn't, he's completely, I can't think of the word, but he's, you know, uh, he's, he's a, it's a square, right? Yeah. I mean, and, and he doesn't understand what, you know, Margot Kidder's character, again, talking about fellatio. <laughs> uh-huh. Has him write it down. I forget it's what a name or something or somebody's name. Yeah, like yeah. He has no idea what it is. <laughs> so then the other two police officers there, um, like laugh at the fact that he doesn't know what fellatio yeah. is. But right. like, you're right. That scene goes on forever. <laughs> it reminds me like of those old like 30s and 40s movies where like you'd see a newspaper headline for like 10 minutes, <laughs> <laughs> and and then finally it would move off of that. Um, yeah. And I'm sorry, Ashley. This is yeah. like your movie. This is your, yeah, one you, of your favorite tell movies. Us, no, no, tell no. us more about what you liked about it. Oh, I don't know. I, I really, I really like the last scene. Um, you, you know, you, you, you mentioned before how you know, it maybe took some guts to end the way it does. Yeah. It's, it's ambiguous. But I, I really love the last moment where you know, the phone is ringing and it's just the, the um, the image of the outside of the house yep. decorated for Christmas mm-hmm. and it reminded me of a Christmas story that's how that movie ends the yep. last shot of that is the, the the exterior of the house but this movie is you know polar opposite in terms mm. of tone and feel um, so I found that to be to be interesting and you know yeah it, it, this movie is supposedly a big influence on Halloween I think mm-hmm. Halloween is a much better movie but yeah I really noticed this time you know you mentioned the opening tracking shot that Mm -hmm. is very similar to the opening um, point of view shot uh, in Halloween and um, and then there's a scene at the end here where the camera pans and shows you different locations that you've seen events happen Mm -hmm. and that was echoed in Halloween too I don't know if all that was intentional but I really noticed it this time Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah I you know I I, I enjoy this movie I, I agree. There's some definitely some yeah. padding. I I kind of like the relationship that Olivia Hussey and Kier Delay have. I mean, it's a very strange relationship, and I think Kier Delay is a very creepy character. Yeah, but is. I think that that helps add to the mystery. You're mm-hmm. trying you're trying to identify who is Billy, and this kind of adds a level of of mystery. So I think that relationship was kind of necessary. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I don't want to unfairly like keep compare, comparing this to Halloween because well, Halloween had like <laughs> what was it seventy eight? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so really, Carpenter had four years, and you know, he basically Carpenter had the advantage of taking what he thought probably worked from sure. Black Christmas, which a lot of it did, and just pared it down to the bare bones of like mm-hmm. here's what worked, and I'll do that the entire ninety minutes. So right. you know. Right. 
and, and Halloween, you know, Carpenter's score for Halloween really pumps that up. Yeah, right? I, trying, I don't remember the score for this movie. I don't either. Yeah, now it's that not you very memorable. It. Yeah, yeah. That's a good, great point about Halloween. Yeah, a lot of it is that score. Yeah. Speaking of scores, yeah. <laughs> what a segue. <laughs> <laughs> What's your score for this movie, Sean? Um, I think I'm going to give it a five and a half. Uh, with a rewatch, it could very well uh, go a little higher, and I do intend to rewatch it this holiday season. Nice. I give it a 7.2, Ashley. I will give it an 8. An 8. So our score is a 6.9, and it is on the, the tomato meter, uh, 70% from critics and 75% from audiences. Right in line. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to mix a little horror with your Christmas, you could, you could do worse. You could do worse. <laughs> I'd recommend checking it out, actually, if you haven't seen it. Definitely. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.